wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. Back in WrestleRant Radio, first month, February 1st, 2024. Grand Houston here being joined, as always, by Mr. Marcel. First time in two weeks, pal. What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I missed you in Tampa. I told you earlier I was waiting for you with the baggage claim. I thought you were going to sneak your way in, but no such luck, unfortunately. As well as the Disney. I'm not just talking about the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I was waiting for the plane ticket at Logan. never came. <laughs> I, I told you I was waiting to fast pass the fast pass line for as long as I could at the Slinky Dog ride. I know you had some bad luck on there in the past, but I was waiting for as long as possible before we had to go on because you, you no-showed. So you basically, uh, uh, I was, that's, what, what is it, Psycho Sid? I was trying to think of a good wrestler that always no-shows events. Del Rio'd it. Uh, you you no-showed your, uh, your your booking in Disney World, but maybe next time. But seriously. I didn't have softball to blow it off like Sid did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that, make it. That, that's a different it. excuse. You just couldn't make it. You didn't have softball practice. You just couldn't make it. But maybe next time. Um, but we're on the road to WrestleMania here, coming off the Royal Rumble last week. We have a lot to delve into. I talked a little bit about each thing last week. We won't go into all the news from last week, aside from the very obvious elephant in the room, which we'll kind of start with first and then move on to the other stuff, obviously, because that's the biggest news story the past fucking 25 years in this company, unfortunately, uh, or one of the biggest news stories in recent company history. Um, but we're also going to be reviewing the Royal Rumble from last weekend. A lot of injuries happening in the past two weeks. The last time we spoke two weeks ago here on this very show, Rollins got hurt. We didn't know the extent of the injury. Would he make Mania? And we thought that was our biggest obstacle slash hurdle on the road to WrestleMania. Sure enough, you wait four or five days, and that's not the case. And we have more people that are hurt and not making Mania due to a variety of reasons. So we're going to get into all of that. Uh, new episodes available every single week on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Find the show, rate the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week. So, Mr. Marceau, I got to ask you about this first. I know we already talked about it, texted about it, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, a hot topic over Royal Rumble weekend and the press conference itself, which I'll also ask you about in a second, but the Vince McMahon scandal. And I know we've already talked about this ad nauseum in the past two years with the NDAs and that whole thing came out in the summer of 2022. Obviously, this kind of being dredged up again because we now know what are those what one of those NDAs is about. God forbid what we the other NDAs are about. Probably something similar. I kind of um, cringe to think what those other NDAs could entail, and maybe in due time we'll find out. Unfortunately, if it involves illegal activity, if not, then maybe not. I'm not sure. I mean, time will tell on that front. But the lawsuit that was filed mere days after WWE announced that Raw is headed to Netflix, which I'll ask you about momentarily. Uh, but we got to talk about this first. Uh, a former employee filing a lawsuit against WWE, John Laurinaitis, and Vince McMahon over... I mean, so she had signed an NDA previously, and the only reason this is coming out is because he failed to kind of comply to the agreement of the deal, the NDA, and paying her whatever uh, he agreed to pay her. He didn't do that. That was a year ago, almost exactly. And here we are, and uh, she filed a lawsuit and uh, involving a lot of gory, disgusting... Just horrific details about stuff that goes on in the company's culture. At least at that time, I can't speak to now, obviously. Um, Endeavor quickly parting ways with Vince on Friday, publicly making the comment, listen, this guy doesn't is, is no longer affiliated with us and TKO or WWE. And um, so that was that. Of course, the issue isn't completely solved until we find out more about what happened, who else was involved, how we can avoid this sort of stuff in the future without getting into really the details of what everything was. The the lawsuit is public online. You can read the whole thing. Just be advised. It gets pretty gross, obviously. Um, but just give me your two cents. I already talked about it briefly in other forums, but I want to get your two cents on this whole thing and, uh, and, and kind of what it means for WWE going forward. Yeah, I guess it just, I mean, reading it, like you said, it's just 
crazy. I mean, I, I just don't even know how you even think of this, how this shit even goes down. Uh, like, multiple other parties being involved in it, like John Laurinaitis and other people. There's some other names that were on there just where there weren't named specifically, but I just, it's crazy. I mean, I know Vince has had a history of this, like, even back in the early 90s, so maybe I, I, this seems just like a run of pattern of behavior. I mean, he had all those issues in the 90s before the steroid trial. Once they got the plane, there were rumors that he had, like, private meetings with the Divas on the plane, all these NDAs. I just, I mean, the guy just seems like a straight sex pervert. Um, so I'm glad he's gone. I mean, he stepped down, so that's good. Um, they definitely have to, like, look into it more. Like you said, it's just not him specifically, but Laurinaitis and anyone else. Um, but I think the per- first only positive is he's finally gone. I mean, at this point, I don't think there's any chance he comes back. I don't know why he'd even want to even mm-hmm. try to do that. But I think get, getting him away from the company is the first step. Um, and then just kind of looking into it more. Obviously, any other NDA, unless he didn't pay those or did any other malpractice to kind of avoid those, then we probably won't hear anything else. But uh, uh, just knowing him, he probably won't keep paying, and we'll hear more about Vince shitting on people so definitely not a good thing he could have just let if he was somewhat of a smart person which i figured he would be he would just pay the nda and it would never have come out but i think he thought they were like calgary or la and stopped paying and people just accept it but Mm -hmm. this woman took him to task and now he looks like a fucking maniac so yeah no seriously um, it's just terrible stuff but i'm glad he's away from the company yeah, no, I think it is worth... I, I forgot to mention this part of the story. So, this dropped on Thursday of last week. It, it's been... It, it feels like it's been a fucking month. But this dropped seven days ago. And the first domino to kind of fall here... I mean, Endeavor put out a statement. WWE, I don't know if they said anything publicly themselves. TKO did, slash Endeavor. And they had said, you know, we take these things very seriously. We're going to have an internal investigation. Pretty, you know, boilerplate PR stuff, obviously. But they said nothing about parting ways with Vince. And obviously, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a lot. I mean, I don't doubt any of this stuff happened. And he, Vince's spokesperson, his spokesperson came out and said, yeah, we're going to, you know, aggressively defend ourselves against these false claims, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they can't just dump Vince without knowing there is any sort of credence to those claims. I mean, within a day, though, they, they quickly parted ways with him. They quickly distanced themselves from Vince. Do you think they would still have him on the board internally investigating, quote-unquote, which, by the way, there was already an internal investigation of Vince two years ago when he was first, uh, you know, when he first resigned, and the investigation still went on, and I don't know what the definitive results of that investigation were, but obviously, I mean, the entire board did not want him back. They unanimously voted against Vince coming back, and he forced himself back into the company anyway. I mean, obviously, it's a common theme, apparently, with him with forcing stuff, which is just fucking gross. The guy's just a maniac, like you said. But, you know, he still found his way back in the company. And I don't know, I mean, they surely had to have known, had had some sort of knowledge of the situation and how bad it was. And whether that be TKO, whether that be other people on the board, whether that be Triple H, Stephanie. I mean, Stephanie left the company as soon as Vince came back in early 2023. And it's not like they haven't been questioned about it. I mean, these aren't really things that, I mean, I guess you could ask it during one of those press conferences. They're not going to say anything. I we, we may never know, honestly. Like, Stephanie may never come out about it. Someone close to the situation never may never reveal exactly why that was. Um, you can kind of read between the lines as to why she probably wanted nothing to do with her own father. Maybe Triple H as well. That's his father-in-law. I mean, the guy said during the press conference he didn't read the lawsuit, which is pretty fucking dumb to say that publicly. <laughs> he probably should have just said no comment. But anyway, as far as Vince goes, uh, what I was going to say was the first domino to kind of fall was the fact that Slim Jim pulled out of the pay-per-view for Saturday. They said, we're not going to be sponsoring WWE in light of the recent Vince allegations. And then as soon as TKO announces on Friday night, right before SmackDown goes live, that Vince is no longer part of the company, they say in their own words, we're re-entering the Rumble on Saturday morning and they're back on the show. I mean, it really comes down to all the sponsorship stuff. We saw five, six years ago, too, at the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. They were going to call it the May, not the May Young, uh, the Fabulous Moolah. Fabulous Invi- Moolah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. The Fabulous Moolah Invitational. 
and then people kind of dredged up all the shit that she had done over the years, which a lot of it was already public knowledge, but it's like the dark side of the ring thing with Ric Flair, where a lot of what he did was already public knowledge, but it was dredged up again, and, and justifiably so, and kind of painted him in a better light, and, and more people who weren't previously aware of how gross he is as a human are now aware, and same thing with Moolah, and I think it was, I want to say Snickers they had pulled out of the pay-per-view, I don't know if it was them, or it wasn't, it was pre-Slim Jim, it was one of those type of companies, it was a candy bar or something. It was Snickers, okay. And they had pulled out, and then when they renamed the Battle Royal, they, you know, rethought about it, and they, they joined the, the you know, the, the pay-per-view again. So, honestly, at the end of the day, it is a money thing. That comes down to any company. But I think when you start to threaten their sponsors, I mean, you and I can say anything as far as, like, they don't give a fuck. Fans can say anything online, on Twitter, whatever. I mean, they do care about their public image, especially during such a huge week last week with all the stuff being announced. But I think it really comes down to the sponsorships, and when that shit starts to pull out, then they're having an issue. With Vince no longer being part of the company, I mean, they're not completely in the clear yet, but I don't think they have to worry about that. No, I mean, that, it's honestly sad when it comes to business, but that's just the way it is. Like, they weren't going to, they would have, Vince would have still be, Vince would still be there if, if, if Slim Jim didn't back out. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, I mean, it's, like you said, the quote you was honestly disgusting that, like, they back something like that. But, like, once, oh, nope, Swans is going to pull out, then they have to, like, distance themselves. Like, it shouldn't come to that. It's like, just do the right thing. But within business, it's just like they're so worried about, like, losing money and sponsorships. Like, that's what literally puts them over the edge, which it's just ridiculous, honestly. Like, this guy's clearly a sex pervert, and, like, move on from him. Like, you shouldn't have to, like, a sponsor pulling out shouldn't be like, oh, yep, now we got to do it. Like, just do the right thing. I just... I just don't know why I have to wait until, like, all this bad PR comes out to finally, pull, like, get rid of him. But just the way the companies work, unfortunately. Yeah, I think one of the more uh, worrisome things for me as well, reading most of the lawsuit, was that a lot of this stuff had happened just recently. I mean, it did happen over the course of a couple of years from, like, 2018, 2019. But still, we're talking, you know, early 2020s. We're not talking 2006. And there's been stuff about Vince, like you said, for decades in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s, in the limousine incident, in the um, spray tan incident. I think it was at a tanning salon or something like that. There's been a lot of incidents about Vince where he's been able to escape unscathed every single time. Not even including the steroid trial, which he was able to unscathed, able to escape unscathed from that uh, decades ago and keep his company intact and remain in power, blah, blah, blah. But this stuff was literally... If, if what she's saying is true, and again, I have no reason to doubt because it was pretty specific as far as what went down, the timeline is pretty exact. This was all like two years ago. He stopped refusing to pay when he was already back in the company a year ago. Like, what are we fucking doing here? I mean, again, how, how many people actually knew about it? We don't know. Um, but obviously, one of the people that was allegedly involved, they weren't outright named in the lawsuit, was a former WWE UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, reports came out. I think it was either from Fightful or PW Insider. I forget the source exactly. The people within the company had confirmed it, not even said they believed. I mean, the wording is pretty, you know, read between the lines. It's Brock Lesnar. And that part of the deal of him resigning back in 2021 when he came back to the company at SummerSlam and had this whole great kind of resurgence of a career, part of that was sleeping with this woman that was an employee of WWE, that WWE, or that Vince and John Laurinaitis and all these other kind of weirdos were already having their way with. And essentially, what she's accusing them of is sex trafficking. So he was kind of involved in this as well. Um, they did say talent, so I don't know if they just mean Brock, if there's other people involved. I mean, again, there might be more that comes out about this that has an effect on other people. But honestly, I mean, for as much as we've all enjoyed this recent run of Brock dating back to 2021, that unfortunately, I guess, came together because of this, or at least that was a factor, spawning until SummerSlam of last year, I honestly don't see how Brock can even be brought back after this. I think we may have seen the last of him in WWE. Because even if, I don't, he's not the type of person to come out and apologize. But again, this stuff is pretty bad where I'm not even really sure he can come back from it. No, I think he's done at this point. I mean, unless he can clear his name somehow, I think just what's come out, I, I just don't see him coming back anytime. I don't think he's ever coming back. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like you said, unless he can clear his name, unless it's not true, or it was referring to someone else, which it doesn't seem all that likely... Or, I mean, again, if it is true, I just don't see how they can justify bringing him back. They don't need Brock Lesnar on the show. They never really needed him. Obviously, he's one of their biggest stars. But they have to distance themselves from him. And the funny thing is that Triple H, he, I guess it's all about semantics. He said he didn't read the lawsuit, but he must have been aware of it enough 
to not bring in Brock. I mean, that wasn't his. He's the cre. I mean, he fucking knows these things. He was supposed to be in the Rumble. I mean, I can almost guarantee you he was going to be in the Rumble. I know the report was he was going to be in there instead of Braun Breaker. And they didn't end up putting him in the match. And now he's not a part of WrestleMania. And he probably won't be a part of anything moving forward. So, this the whole situation sucks. Hopefully, you know, moving forward they can... Uh, and it, it sounds, uh, you know, just like a generic answer. But they need to avoid this sort of stuff going forward and kind of adapt the company culture, not having sex perverts like Laurinaitis and Vince there. I don't doubt there were other people involved. they got to find this shit out and get rid of them too and kind of pay better, close attention to this. I mean, obviously, this was not the only woman this had happened to. That's not confirmed. But if there's all these other NDAs about there, I can't imagine these NDAs are about just nothing. So... Um, you know, pretty horrific shit, but at least they're kind of starting slowly to move forward from it. But on that same note, before we move forward, one last thing on that subject. Uh, from the press conference, Triple H addressing it. I already talked to you about it privately, and I already talked about it publicly. Because I had asked Bailey a question, and, you know, maybe it could have been about that, or not about Vince specifically, but, again, I've already talked about that. But, like, it was more about Triple H getting asked about it, and he did, multiple times. Now, obviously... He was never going to really say anything. I'm not saying that he was going to devolve. He was like, oh, yeah, Vince has always been a sex pest, blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, obviously, no shit. Like, some of these times, sometimes you just have, with a situation this big, I would say, you should probably at least ask about it, get a no comment, move on. He was asked about it. He didn't say no comment. He, he did dance around it, like a, did the Tony Khan dance around it. And these are questions legally he might not be able to answer. I get it. I think my biggest issue with his responses was that he said he would rather focus on the positives. Which, honestly, like I've said elsewhere, if we were talking about, like, if I was shitting on the booking to him and he doesn't want to talk about the negatives of the show, just the positives, I would still probably have an issue with it, but, like, whatever, it's wrestling. Who who cares? It's fake shit. Who cares? But, like, we're talking about a very serious situation here, and I think they did him, whether it be Triple H himself, the company... The PR, I don't know, whoever had been in charge of him going out there and talking about it. I mean, at the end of the day, he, he's the he's the boss. So, I mean, this was really on him. He should have started the thing addressing it. But the thing is, they probably didn't want to address it on their own YouTube stream without someone already asking about it. But he had to know someone was going to ask about it. Maybe they hoped someone wouldn't. I don't know. He probably should have had a statement prepared, is my point. Address it and move on and not ask or not answer anything about it. Because I thought the answer he gave was just pretty dumb. Yeah, I think it should have just been, like you said, I'm not sure if it's his words, what TKO wanted to say, someone from PR. I just feel like he should have opened up. I, honestly, what they really should have done is he should have been the first one to stop, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just been like, hey, guys, like obviously I know what's going on. Legally, unfortunately, we're not allowed to talk about it. Vince no longer with the company. Yeah, no, he didn't even say that. He didn't even say that he Vince was no longer He should have come yeah. up and addressed it first. Like, kind of like set the room, like, hey, like, Obviously, would have like I don't know if like you said illegally you can talk about. It. I don't know why you really couldn't. I mean, yeah. it's public knowledge at this point, but I don't know. Just say something like that. Like obviously, what happens awful. Um, like I said, I don't even know if you can even say that. Um, but like obviously, like we want to like talk about like our performers tonight, like the great night that they had. Not talk about like the stuff that's gonna. I don't know. He should have just addressed it head on. I think the non-answer, like it's not like I expect him to say anything, but I feel like they. I thought they would have something, like, conjured up to, like, like that. Like, illegally, we can't talk about it. I understand you have to, you're going to, like, you're a journalist, you're going to bring it up, but, like, we're going to, we can't talk about that and just talk to our performers about, like, the great night we had. Yeah, no. Something like acknowledging it, denouncing it, and then just being like, we get it, but, you know, like, talking to Bailey, like, she just had one of her biggest moments. Imagine, like... I feel like asking her about it yeah. is unfair to her. Like, yeah. it's like trumping her. And obviously, obviously, the news does trump everything that happened, but like, it's trumping her moment and it kind of sucks. So, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think they should have just addressed He should have been the first one out there and addressed it. Um, I mean, I like Cody's answer for what he could say. It's not like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was even with the company when this shit happened. So, I don't like. <laughs> yeah. I feel like like he answered the best he could, but even that, I think it's kind of like an unfair question. Like, what do you, what do you want him to do? Like, I, like, I don't know. I just, it is what it is. I just think Triple H should have been the first one out there to address it. And they could have kind of kiboshed everyone else and kind of like had a better answer than I just want to worry about the positives. It's like, you're just neglecting all the bad things that happen. Like, I get it. Like, at least he's not lying with the company. I think the Tony concept, like Jericho's still there. He's still being booked and stuff. So it's like, I think that's like, okay, you have a guy in this roster, like da da da. At least Vince at that point had already stepped down, but 
I think it still should have been dressed on the top. No, I think that just would have been smarter. And again, maybe they had to have known they were going to be asked about it. That's they my thing. They had to know they were going to be asked about it. I mean, come on. It's literally the fucking biggest thing going on. If they didn't think that, they're fucking dumb. No, seriously. And you had to know who was going to be in the room, too. Because if it's like some people like that ask the softer questions, which I can understand... Um, you know, some people asked about, is this the greatest era in wrestling and stuff like that? Probably not the best time for that, but it is what it is. Um, then yeah, maybe, but like Nick Hausman was sitting right there. They invited him to this thing. They knew he was going to ask about it. Um, John Alba, who I think does a great job too. He was actually the first one to ask about it. And it's not like they don't know that these people are going to ask about it when they give them the mic. You've been to these things, you know, they, they, they give people the mic. It's not like it's a draw, like we're... It's not up to them. No, it is completely up to the company who gets to ask a question. Uh, Byron's not really picking. It's kind of the PR team who kind of picks people to ask questions. They knew what these people were going to ask, and they knew it was going to be asked. And Triple H isn't dumb. He's seen a lot of these people before. So, I don't know. They really, like you said, though, I think that the, the top takeaway, in addition to everything you said, I completely agree. I just don't really think it was fair to Bailey or Cody. I mean, Cody's one thing because he's kind of the face of the company. I can almost understand that. Like, Bailey has nothing to do with this. I mean, obviously, she's worked with Vince. So it's not like the exact same thing as like, I don't know, like the owner of like the Red Sox gets canceled or something. And then I'm asking you all about it, like asking like, what the fuck? Like, how would you even know? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, I don't but know. That's the thing I feel like with Cody. It's like, it's not like, that's like saying like, I got a new job at, at this business. And as I get there, they're like, oh yeah, the guy that used to own this place is a fucking pervert and freak. Like, what do you think? I don't know. I don't really know. Like, obviously he knows Vince, but like when all this stuff was going down, he was, he was not working for the company. Like, yeah, I know he came back and stuff, but it's like, most of the stuff was during COVID and raft. I guess Cody came back in, what, 2020? Yeah, 2022, right? yeah. Yeah, so like, even though some of the stuff was in 21, so it's like, he wasn't even around. It's like, like I said, I feel like he is like the face, like mm-hmm. the verbal face of the company, but like, I don't know, I just feel like it's unfair to him because like, he wasn't around. No, I think it would have been a more appropriate question for someone like John Cena, who knows Vince and has worked with Vince and has publicly defended Vince before, as recently as like a year ago, when he was like, oh yeah, people make mistakes. (laughs) It's like, dude, you're not wrong, but coming off of this sort of stuff, which obviously I would assume he didn't know about, I would hope. I mean, this guy was seen in public having dinner with Vince. I mean, it was Cena take, what what a fucking Motley Crow. It was like two years ago, I think, right after Vince left the company for his birthday or for someone's birthday. birthday. Yeah, for Vince's birthday. It was Vince, Cena, Taker, Brock. Brock. And then maybe someone else, but like Brock. I think Pat McAfee was there too. <laughs> I mean, what a fucking crew. I mean, I can't imagine they're having quote unquote guide talk talking about this sort of stuff, but still, I mean, like. <laughs> You, you attach your horse to someone like that. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these, at least for those people, I'm, I'm not talking about like the Baileys and even the Cody's. I'm talking about people that know Vince and people like Jericho who have commented on it before. And Jericho, I've seen clips of him kind of defending Vince. He's like, oh yeah, he didn't really do anything illegal. It's like, well, you know, he definitely shouldn't have done it. Like, I don't know. Some of the stuff these people say are fucking stupid. I mean, you shouldn't, if they're them, you can't expect to be asked about it because it has nothing, it doesn't really have to do much with them, but... Don't defend this guy. I mean, even at that point, it was pretty slimy behavior, even before we found out the the details of it. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens on that front and what else kind of comes out about it. But for right now, it's a, it's a terrible situation, and hopefully they can kind of, uh, I don't want to say bring justice to it, but hopefully stuff like this doesn't happen again with the new regime going forward. Um, but onto the wrestling stuff itself. We talk about the Royal Rumble, Mr. Marceau. Give me your overall thoughts of the pay-per-view. It was a four-match card. We had Bailey and Cody going over in their respective Rumbles. Logan Paul retaining the United States Championship by DQ. And Roman Reigns retaining his championship as the uh, undisputed WWE Universal title in the Fatal 4-Way. So I thought overall it was a good show. We've seen better Rumble shows, weaker Rumble shows, better Rumbles themselves. But I thought for what this was, it was a good show and all the right results, I would say. Yeah, I thought it was a solid show. Tad long, I actually fell I was feeling a little under the weather this yeah. week, and I actually fell asleep before the end of the guys. I woke up when Cody was, like, literally tossing out Punk, so. But uh, overall, I thought it was a solid show. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the women's got, like, a little bit more love than I felt like. I thought it was good, but, like, people were like, greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like, what really happened that was so great? Like, Jade and what's-her-face, like, like, yeah, that's good, but, like, I don't know, I feel like people, like, acted like it was, like, the greatest thing ever. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as big as a Bianca and Jade fan as everyone else, but uh, I, I mean, I like both of them, but I just feel like I saw all these people like 
such the women's rumble's amazing. I'm like, was it? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was good, but like, there's just so many women in that just don't mean anything. Like, yeah, the stars are huge. Like Bianca, Becky, Jay, like they all got like huge reactions. But it's like, there's plenty of people that people like literally could give two shits about. And it's like, yeah. I like, I mean, I like a lot of these women. They just aren't over. I mean, they're on Raw every week, and it's just like. I mean, I thought it was good. I think it was a little over the top of people saying it was, like, the greatest Raw, women's Royal Rumble of all time, but I thought overall the show was good. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the Rumbles. I thought the women's one was good. I thought it was better than the men's. The thing with the Rumble, because someone asked me after the, the Rumble matches were over, like, oh, like, how good were they? Where would you rank them? I mean, dude, to me, every Rumble's, like, the same. Unless it's, like, a bad Rumble, unless it's, like, the 2022 men's Rumble, or the 2014-2015 Rumble, which were just fucking awful. They were just boring. Um, and people said parts of these Rumbles were boring, too, which I understand. To me, unless it's like that, it's a good Rumble. I mean, there's certain Rumbles that really stand out as being great, but there's been, like, 50 Rumbles in the past 30 years. So it's really hard to say, oh, this is where it ranks. And even the women's now. We've had, I think, six or seven women's Rumbles. A lot of them, they're very, they're very much the same. I haven't seen a bad women's Rumble yet. Some have been better than others. But you really have to go back and watch them all to properly rank this one. But I would say it had a fair amount of moments. I mean, you mentioned the Jade and Bianca thing, which was cool. People went nuts for Jade. We had Liv Morgan back, which was nice. Naomi making her way back to the company. Um, a lot of different stuff happening in the Rumble. The TNA Knockouts Champion Jordan Grace being in there was a really cool moment. I had no idea she was going to be in there, so I thought that was a cool surprise. The Naomi thing was kind of spoiled. Um, the outright acknowledging of TNA on the program, which I didn't hear the commentary in the moment, obviously, but I heard it after the fact was uh, quite cool. So, anyone from the Women's Rumble, anyway, any one surprise stand out to you? Any one person really impress you? No, Tiffany Stratton, I went fucking crazy. I almost <laughs> fell on my chair. Um, I mean, I was hoping she was going to be in, and she was. I thought her and Roxanne, they were in there for a little bit at the very... They came in the end, and they were in for a decent amount of time. Um, the Naomi thing, like, honestly, I feel like the fans, like, literally sat on their hands when she came out. It's the same music she's always used, but, like, I don't know, just the way that the audio came off, like, I heard her music, and I was like, uh-oh. Maybe just because I assumed she was coming back, so it wasn't, like, a huge, huge surprise. Um, I mean, the Jordan Grace thing was surprising. Honestly, I was shocked she was in there as long as she was. Yeah, yeah. Um, love Alba Fire. I know she, like, had crickets. Please switch her name back. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. She's way too good to be doing what the hell she's doing right now. But, yeah. Uh, no, I think, like you said, I think the thing with the women as well is, like, most of them, like like you said, I like a lot of the women that are just not, especially in the Raw division, like, they're just not over at all. So it's like, even like Chance and Carter, like, they're on TV all the time. I heard their music, I'm like, who is this? Mm -hmm. And then I saw her, like, dancing, and I'm like, oh, okay. Then you heard it, like, three seconds later, because uh, I think Carter came out right yeah. after. So I'm like, okay. But, like, I don't know, it's like Niven. It's like, people don't just, like, they're on Raw all the time. People just don't care. It's like Stark, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, Tegan Knox. Like, I like them, but, like, Jesus Christ, like... They're not over, and it's, I just don't, I think it's a problem they have, it's like, it's on TV every week, and people just don't care, like, I don't know how you change it, like, they're on TV, you can't even say they're not on TV, like, they're not, like, not good creative, like, they have matches every fucking week, this mm -hmm. week was like a two second, like, squash, basically, of Niven and Chelsea Green, but like, I feel like Green is the only one out of all of them that, like, has somewhat of a reaction, but... Like I said, I think that's what kind of point out for the women. Like, I thought they had some good moments, but there's just so many women, unfortunately, just not over. Specifically on Raw, and I just don't... Like I said, I don't really know how you change it. Yeah, I think one thing is to have them work with people that are more over, which is there's more <laughs> there's more people that aren't over than are over. Um, and I thought their way of doing that with Zaylee and Becky a few months ago was great because she's obviously not over at all, but having her work with Becky was cool because she got heat on her and she was able to kind of benefit from being in a program with her. The problem there, though, was she lost to Becky. She lost to Lyra like two days later or the next day or whatever, the following week, and that was it. She disappeared from the show. And we haven't seen her in like two or three months. And then she shows up and people are like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Zaylee, and she gets zero reaction, so... Um, you know, they have to be more consistent with that sort of stuff. You have to have, I know Becky had that match with Tegan on Raw months ago. Okay, that was one match, and teaming with Natalia is not going to help her at all. Natalia is just, at this point, just another person on the roster. But, you know, they have to be working more with those sort of people in order to get over, I would say. And also, the music doesn't help either. I talked about this yesterday on Hashtag, but the theme music just being almost unrecognizable for a lot of these people does not help. And some people couldn't see the Titantrons. Like, when Karrion Cross came out, I mean, he probably would have come out to crickets anyway, let's be honest. 
but they played his new music as part of the Final Testament. No one knew it was him for like a good 10 seconds because they didn't show his name on the screen and he hasn't established this new music yet. So um, that was an issue with a lot of the people. One I think thing that's I, more for the women, though. I mean, I saw people saying that. I feel like most of the men, I fucking, I, mean, I hear their music, I know exactly who it is. Yeah, I'd have to look at the men's roster. The women's like, roster. Like maybe Cross, because I think out of anyone on there, like, he's probably the only one I wouldn't know if I was just there listening, because like you said, he also just got brand new music. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me say, like, Jay, Jimmy, I know their music recently. Yeah. I know Andrade, no idea, because obviously he's new. Yeah. Uh, I know Carmelo Hayes, Nakamura, uh, uh, Santos, Dominic, Carlito, Bobby, Ludwig. Yeah, like, all these people... I mean, I think you know all their music. Maybe J.D. McDonough. I don't even know what the fuck his music is. It's probably some kind of... He actually had new music, too. I didn't know what it was Some kind of yeah. bootleg Judgment Day-esque theme, but besides that, like, Truth, Miz, Priest, Punk, like, you know all these people's music. Like I said, the women, I feel like I'm just like, I have fucking no clue. <laughs> like, Zia Lee didn't know his hair until she was screaming with a fucking staff in front of my face on TV. Yeah, it's no. just like some generic instrumental as far as, yeah. like, most of the guys have, like, words and stuff to it. Like, even, like, Stratton's at first, like, they didn't show her, and you just hear, like, the clicking of, like, the cameras, but once you see her, it's like, okay, yeah, I know who it is, but it's just, like, it's more of a surprise thing, I guess, like, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so? Yeah, no, I think that's that's part of it. Some of these people just aren't over, and the music isn't great. You're, you're probably right with the women, though, as far as just, some of the music is unrecognizable, like, oh, yeah, like, who the fuck is this until they come out? Um, the men's, I think they still need to work on a lot of the music, too, but it was more recognizable for a lot of them. Uh, I, I like I, I like the fact I said to you earlier I like the fact they didn't shoehorn a lot of tag teams in there specifically for the men like they didn't I love the guys but they didn't put the profits in there this year I probably would have put in Chad Gable at least because um, he's had a you know decent year he's a he's probably bigger this year than any other year he's been on the main roster not a big deal but like they didn't put Alpha Academy in there which was fine. Um, they didn't put a lot of those sort of tag teams, which I appreciate. They didn't put like the LWO as far as like Wild and Del Toro. Like they don't need to be in there. So I appreciated that. Um, they, they put in people. That, I mean, listen, not every one of these people are over. They had like Ivar in there. I mean, listen, Ivar has been at least on TV a decent amount for the past number of months. It makes sense for him to be in there. And I, I answered this yesterday. Someone was like, oh, why was why, why did Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, why were they in there if they were just going to be chucked out in five minutes? Because it makes more sense for them to be in there than fucking, you know, Akira Tozawa. Why the fuck would Akira Tozawa be in the match and not one of those two? Even They're not going to, none of them are going to win. But it makes more sense. I mean, it's not like Waller and Theory are in the process of being pushed anyway. They're, they're, they were the lucky to leave them. Even if you got rid of them, if who one, if you got rid of them, okay. Two, who are you going to replace them with? And if you got rid of them, there'd only been five people from SmackDown in it. Oh, yeah, like, no, exactly. Really yeah. One of the two of the seven people from SmackDown in the match. Yeah, no. It was such a raw heavy. Maybe that was another thing. Like, I feel like I, I watch Raw more consistently than SmackDown. I feel like these people are, more, obviously, with the three hours, are featured more. So, like, maybe that's why. Just maybe the, for the men specifically, it just felt like I knew a lot of them. Just because, like, they used so many people from Raw. It was, like, over 20 people from Raw. Well, then the fact that, um, you know, they had the U.S. title match, Logan Paul, Owens... Orton, Styles, and Knight, all of their biggest stars were in other matches on the show. So they weren't in the Rumble. They weren't going to win anyway, but, um, you know, them not being in the Rumble kind of hurt it a little bit. And they had their own fine match on the show. But I like the surprises. I thought Andrade coming back was cool. Again, we expected it, but I thought that was fine. Don't like the fact he has no music, but what are you going to do? That was kind of expected. Uh, he still has the El Idolo at the beginning, which is cool. Carmelo had a nice showing. Braun Breaker looked... Yeah, they said, they said El Idolo. It wasn't like the uh, old... And I didn't hear it. Yeah, I saw. The only reason I know that was because I saw the Titan drawn as we were watching it. That's the only reason how I knew it, who anyone was, and it's L L L E D L O on it. So, um, <laughs> love it, love it. So great to see him back. He sounded raw. Uh, Carmelo Hayes was in the match. Braun Breaker, who had a great showing, reportedly replacing uh, Brock Lesnar, as they mentioned earlier, taking out four people before being chucked out by Dominic Mysterio. Which he has enough heat, so it's like it's not you know egregious, but. Um, you know, I thought that I thought he had a great showing. We had Omas in the matchup. No surprise there. I'm honestly, because I'm honestly kind of surprised they didn't dust him off before the Rumble and had him on Raw or SmackDown leading into the pay per view. They didn't even do that. They just had him in the Rumble for two or three minutes. Had him chucked out by Braun Breaker, which was cool. Um, the Pat McAfee thing was just stupid. Um, I popped when I heard his music. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then he just did the Drew Carey thing. I'm like, well, that was a fucking waste. You could have had any other surprise entrant. Um, and just, uh, that was dumb. Maybe even Wade Barrett, if he was willing to do it, I don't know, but I thought that was pretty stupid. 
Um, but overall, I like the match. So going back to the women's one real quick, we had Bailey win. Bailey won the women's rumble, as we uh, kind of predicted. And um, she's headed to WrestleMania, as we'll find out on SmackDown, to face someone for a women's championship. I mean, she's teasing, choosing Rhea. It's probably going to be Io. I don't know if she chooses definitively on Friday or if they drag it out. I would be surprised that they rushed into it on Friday and they did, like, the damage control split there. I think they'll waste more time, try to drag it out a little bit more. But your thoughts on Bailey winning the Rumble and finally kind of getting her moment? It was great. I mean, when it came down to her, Jade, and Liv, I kind of assumed it was going to be her. I feel like once Becky got tossed, I feel like it was just her and Becky were, like, the two clear, like, front runners of the thing. Uh, so once she got tossed, I was like, oh, Bailey's definitely going to win. I mean, with Jade in it, kind of probably brought a little bit more skepticism. I'm like, eh, now they're going to have Jade lose her first match. But, uh, no, I, th- I thought it was big. I thought it was great. I mean, seemingly she's going after EO. It makes sense. I don't really know how you get there. I mean, I feel like they really haven't, in a sense, wronged her recently. So I- I'm interested to see what they do with, like, because, I mean, they are all heels. So, like, I feel like there would have to be something, like, specific they do to have her then pick them. Like, I don't... Like, what have they done to her lately that were like... Yeah, they might not talk to her, but it's like... Where, like, they kind of, like, do their own thing. But, I don't know, I feel like they need to heat that up a little bit to kind of, like, make it make a little bit more sense. I just... I mean, her facing Rhea is just not the story, so... Be her and EO, which is great. Um, just want to know how they're going to get there. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out more tomorrow on SmackDown. This is just kind of as we're speaking right now. Maybe they do a big angle on SmackDown. Maybe they hold off on it. Uh, WrestleMania is not for another two years. Uh, two years. Maybe at this rate, it might feel like two years. Um, it's not for another two months. No, that's when Roman loses the belt at WrestleMania. <laughs> that's two years. That, that's being generous. It might be WrestleMania 45 at this point, not WrestleMania 42, um, when he finally breaks all these fucking records. But yeah, um, you know, I was very happy Bailey won, and I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. I still think Becky ends up in the match at Mania. On a quick note on that front, because they mentioned this on Hashtag yesterday, Liv Morgan's back. Liv Morgan has beef with uh, Rhea Ripley. They're probably doing, and they should, Rhea Ripley and Nia in Australia at Elimination Chamber. That makes sense. Rhea will win. So at WrestleMania, Liv was not on Raw this week. Do you do her, Becky, and Rhea at Mania? Do you do a triple threat? Do you do just Becky one-on-one? And if so, I mean, I feel like Liv would get the... I don't... I like Liv. I feel like it would just make sense for her to face Rhea. Do you do her and Liv at Mania? But then if that's the case, what do you do with Becky? You know, so I'm just kind of curious, where do you kind of fit all these women in on the Raw side heading into WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I do Becky and Rhea one-on-one. Okay. I mean, maybe you do something to add Liv in. I just... I mean, I get the stories there, but... I would I would just do Becky and, and, and Liv... And, Rhea at this point. I mean, like I said, they're probably going to do some kind of Elimination Chamber match at Elimination Chamber to like crown Rhea's challenger, and I assume Becky would win. Like I said, maybe they do something like it's like a double count out, double pin or something. I don't really know how you do it, but I think the story, I mean, it was a couple weeks ago, we got the whole Becky and Rhea face-to-face. Maybe just do her, and, I mean, like I said, maybe they just do it on Raw. I don't, I don't really know. I just don't think Liv fits in the program right now. I'm glad she's back, but I just I would do Becky and Rhea one-on-one. I could just see a WrestleMania 24 situation where it's like Rhea's the champion. She's Randy Orton. Liv comes back, and number 30 no less. Doesn't win the Rumble, but like she has an issue with the woman that took her out. She's John Cena. And then Becky's been around this whole time having to work her way back up the ladder. She's Triple H, and that's the match that we got at Mania in 20, at 24 in 2008. And Randy Orton won. And I could see Rhea Ripley win. Yeah, Rhea Ripley would retain here. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean, I kind of wanted a champion. It's been a year, but um, you can build the singles matches after that with with Liv and with uh, Becky. They kind of have, you know, more storylines to build off. So, just an idea. I don't really know what, I mean, I don't know if that's really a priority for them to get Liv Morgan on the card. I don't even think she was on the card. No, she was on the card last year. She was a part of that women's tag team showcase thing. She did that, and then the year before, I think she's been in tag team matches the last fucking five years, but, um, you know, an actual match at Mania would be nice for her, but Becky and Rhea kind of feels more like the marquee match, so, um, you know, just just throwing that out there. One thing on Pat McAfee, before I get to Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble, I mentioned he was in the Rumble itself, a pretty useless uh, involvement in that match, but he came out on Raw the next night. He is now a member of the Raw commentary team alongside Michael Cole, Vic Joseph, not Vic Joseph, um, uh, what's Kevin, his name? Patrick. Kevin Patrick I get all my commentators mixed up they all kind of blend together I'm sorry for me 
the, the bland WWE commentators. Kevin Patrick got canned. Unfortunately, because I listen, I like Kevin Patrick a lot. As a commentator, <laughs> I know you would laugh at that. I like Kevin Patrick a lot. I don't think he was the best commentator they have, but I also don't think they had to get rid of him either. It was either SmackDown or you're gone. I'm like, okay, you can't just make him an interviewer again. Like he was the host of like all these other shows and he was great at that. I don't know. Seemed a little egregious to me, um, but they got rid of him last week and they replaced him with Pat McAfee on Raw. So McAfee's on Raw with Cole, and now we'll find that on SmackDown tomorrow. But reportedly, the new SmackDown duo was Wade Barrett and Corey Graves. Now, both guys are uh, color, so I think Wade's supposed to be doing play-by-play. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I'm curious to see. I'm willing to see how that duo works out, and uh, I'm glad that Pat's back with uh, Michael Cole on Raw. So your thoughts on the new commentary shift on uh, Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, I thought it. I mean, I like McAfee back. It's good. I thought I heard that it was going to be all the way around. I thought Corey was going to do play by play and Wade was going to do. Combat. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe. I think that would make a little bit more sense. I feel like Corey's good enough talker that he could get away with play by play. Yeah. I mean, if they don't like the accent of Kevin Patrick, I don't know how you'd want Wade Barrett doing play by play. So I think Graves makes more sense in that role. Um, I mean, I was never the biggest Kevin Patrick fan. I just it wasn't even the accent. Just like he just always was just like. I don't know, like, Becky does it too. They have, like, I don't know if it's just, like, the Irish, American, like, the English accent. It's very, like, breathy. And, like, it's very, like, <gasps> like, if you listen to Becky talk sometimes at the end of her sentence, mm-hmm. she does, like, a big inhale. And it can, I mean, I people clearly find it annoying if that's why they got rid of him. I just feel like it was, like, just wasn't a great, like I said, I thought he was a good interviewer as a commentator. I did not care for him at all. No, I think they've had worse commentators. Um, he was just, to me, he was just average. I don't know if he was, in my opinion, bad enough to get rid of, but I clearly, I know obviously they want someone else better in the role, and I understand that. I just think he excelled in other areas more. I thought Adnan Verk was fucking awful, and I know he does commentary for, like, golf or something, and you can, oh, no, baseball. I think it's baseball, right? Um, they got rid of him in, like, six weeks. I actually really like Jimmy Smith. Maybe I was... Jimmy one- Smith they should have capped. I don't know why they got rid of him. He was right. actually really good. I don't get that one. I thought he was a really good play-by-play, and he kind of had the UFC vibe to him, and he sounded like... I mean, he would he would me- uh, mess some stuff up sometimes, but, I mean, I don't know. A lot of these guys do that they first bring into the roles, and he was there for a while. It's not like he was brand new. He was there for about a year and a half. I like Jimmy Smith. I don't know. I was kind of bummed they got rid of him, too. But anyway, so, yeah, those are the new two, uh, the new duos for Raw and SmackDown. We'll see how they shake up starting tomorrow on SmackDown with uh, Wade and Corey. That's an interesting duo. You know, I, I just, he's just very much WWE for me, Vic Joseph. I They'll probably bring him up at some point. I know he was on Raw years ago, and I was excited for it. But he was another one where it's the same thing. I feel like if they bring him up to Raw, then people will say the same thing. He's just not very interesting. I mean, if people didn't think Kevin Patrick was interesting, I know he's on NXT right now, so you can hear him right now. But he, to me, is like WWE commentator number five. You might say the same thing about this next individual, but I really liked uh, Tom Phillips when he was there. I thought he did a great job. He grew into the role, and they fucking fired him during COVID. So, I mean, and now he works for TNA, and maybe they would have brought him back if he was a free agent, but he would have been the perfect, like, play-by-play instead of Kevin or this guy or that guy. They had that guy in Tom Phillips, and they let go of him. And Morrow's just, I don't think, ever coming back. So, uh, what what they have isn't bad, though. No, I actually don't mind Vic Joseph. I know what you're saying, like, he's a very WWE guy. But, I mean, I feel like, this, like he sounds like Michael Cole a lot. But, like, that's just, like, the way their play-by-play guys are. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, am, I actually don't mind him on NXT. I can't stand Booker T. I just don't even <laughs> let, I don't even watch the show with audio anymore because I can't stand less than Booker T and, like, just, like, scream and yell the entire time. It's like, he's not, I, like, talk about someone that should get, like, I don't think, I don't want anyone to get fired, but he's not a good guy. Like, how can you listen to him and think he's good? He's terrible. He just screams <laughs> random words, and it's just not good commentary. It's so fucking bad. I said, I don't even watch NXT with audio anymore because I can't listen to it. Spoiler alert, he's always been bad. He's been bad since they brought him in for SmackDown 13 years ago. Like it was I think fun- he's been way worse lately, though. I remember him like not being great, but he's like legitimately awful. He's- like, he just ra- he yells random stuff. Like It's, it's like... It's not good. I don't know, man. They've they've had him on board, and I don't want to see. I don't. I don't want to see them fire Booker T or anything. But he's worked for this company in this role for thirteen fucking years now, on and off with Raw, with SmackDown, with NXT. I mean, they just have. They, I could name at least five different people that aren't even there anymore that were better than him. I hope they never get rid of Wade. I hope they never get rid of Wade because the guy's great and he's way better at the color thing than Booker T is. 
I, don't, I like Booker T a lot as a commentator, not so much. And, like, even Nigel McGuinness they got rid of, but they kept Booker T. That one doesn't make any sense to me. Now, AEW thankfully scooped him up, but, like, ugh. Like, I mean, he could have been he could have been what Booker T is right now. It could have been Vic and, and Nigel on NXT, and they got rid of him for Booker T. That just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, no, I mean. Stupid. Booker T is literally one of the worst commentators. <laughs> like, literally one of the worst. Like, most people, I just, like, stop. Like I said, I just can't even listen to it anymore. It's so bad. Yeah, no, he's pretty polarizing. Because some people really like his commentary. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I just don't like it at all. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just not a fan. Cody Rhodes winning the Men's Royal Rumble, punching his ticket to WrestleMania to hopefully finish the story, which is not confirmed, if, in, if last year was any indication. So I was honestly kind of surprised by this. People are, oh, it's predictable. What fucking show have you been watching for the last month? I think everyone, a lot of people thought CM Punk was going to win. If Punk wasn't in it, then yeah, Cody winning would be even more predictable. But a lot of people, myself included, thought Punk was winning. I was very shocked when Punk did not win here. And he got injured, which we'll get to in a second. Um, I don't think that was an audible. I know there's been reports that that was not an audible, so I would believe that. But yeah, Cody Rhodes winning. He has not definitively decided who he's facing yet. They want to kill time. It should not be Rollins. They should not throw us a curveball and do Rhodes and Rollins. And then Roman and Rock, no fucking thanks. If Rock just became a member, like a founding member or a board member of TKO, to grant him a title shot, I mean, I know he was already teasing it before that even happened, but it, that would just seem, like, come on, man, that just, that's just stupid. I mean, they'll, they'll do the match at some point, but I don't think it has to be at Mania this year. But anyway, Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble kind of ensured people, yes, he will be in a title match at Mania, he's not going to be facing Drew on the undercard or something like that, no, he's going to Mania for a title shot, and he will headline WrestleMania, hopefully against Roman Reigns. So your thoughts on Rhodes winning, becoming the first back-to-back winner in 20-something years since Stone Cold Steve Austin, and getting cheered for it, him eliminating Punk, I thought he might get booed for it, oh, people don't want to see the same winner two years in a row, fans are fickle, and they are, but that wasn't the case here, he got a great reaction, and he made history in the process. No, yeah, I, I mean, people think it, like you said, like people are like, oh, it was predictable. I mean, I guess it was really him or Punk, but I think the Ben, like most people thought it was going to be Punk. So, yeah, he was one of the up, like the front runners, but I mean, I think Punk was pretty much the unanimous pick that everyone thought would win, and he didn't. I guess if I thought about it a little bit more, they are like obsessed now with like updating the record book. So it was like he was the first one went back to back, and like you said, since Stone Cold. So it's like they are like obsessed with updating the record book. So. I guess we could have maybe looked into that a little bit more, but like, well, maybe there is a good chance he could win. Like, they haven't yeah. had a repeat winner in 20-something years, so. But no, I was excited. I, like I said, hopefully finish the story, beat Seth. Um, we get Rock and Roman. Just kidding. Holy God, that's bad. <laughs> hopefully he beats Roman. I have the text ready in the notes. Roman wins LOL. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I know what they did with him and Seth on Raw. Like, oh, like, you haven't beat, like, I've never beat you, like, whatever. But it's like, no, the story's with him and Roman. No thanks for Seth. Um, and if he picked Seth, it'd be so dumb. Like, I know Rollins was out there and Ross saying, oh, you want to pick me? This is the workhorse title. That's the Hollywood title. It's like, isn't that why you want to, isn't that why he would want to choose Roman Reigns? So he can, <laughs> so he can change the perception of that championship. I just thought, I appreciated the effort and I thought it was a great segment. But, like, it didn't make any sense. Like why? Like why not just have Rollins out there saying, "Listen, dude, I'm desperate for the main event of Mania. My dance partner just got hurt. I mean, he's not gonna say that, but like have him just say, "Listen, I've never beaten you, and I want to beat you at WrestleMania, and have it be for this World Heavyweight Championship." But he never made mention of that at all. So, I just he just came across as desperate. They're obviously killing time. It should be Cody and Roman. That match should be set in stone. And I was happy Cody won, and he's getting his moment. So we go from that to Punk and kind of this whole Mania lineup being blown up because we talked about this two weeks ago. What do you do if you have to break glass in case of emergency if Rollins gets hurt and he can't go? Well, sure enough, he can probably go. Um, it might be touch-and-go come Mania, again, like it was in 2017. But it looks like he can probably go. And then Punk can't go because he got hurt in the Rumble and tore his triceps again, the same triceps he tore from two years ago. I mean, before I get into WrestleMania itself, let's talk about this Punk injury because it's super fucking unfortunate. Obviously, as a, pan- as a fan of Punk myself, I'm disappointed. I mean, being a Punk fan... You're a sports guy, Mr. Marceau. Maybe you can find a, a proper analogy. It's fucking tough. It is tough. I don't know. It's like being a fan. It's the equivalent of being like a fan of the Mets. But like you got your highs of the highs. You got your lows of the lows. He's back. He's suspended. He returns. He gets hurt. He goes back to WWE. You know, this happens. And he quits. And he goes off. And then he gets hurt again. Then he wins this. And it's like, oh my God. It is so fucking difficult being a CM Punk fan. 
Love the guy, but it's just it's just one heartbreak after another, and now he's going to miss WrestleMania. Like he said in his promo on Monday, which was a great promo, there's always next year. So I don't know if he's going to main event next year. This was his best shot, along with Seth Rollins. But, you know, um, he's hurt. There's nothing you can do. The guy's seemingly made a glass. It's his third major injury in three years, and under two years, actually. we got to be realistic about this. I'm not saying, oh, hang it up, punk, retire. Like, I'm not saying that. Someone thought I was saying that in the tweet the other day. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we got to be realistic here. Any company, even before he came back, had to have been suspicious, specifically the top two AEW and WWE, had to be skeptical about using him again because, one, he's very injury-prone. He proved that in AEW. And, two... He was just a hothead as far as the backstage stuff goes. Now, we haven't heard anything about that in WWE so far, and he's been back for two months, but the injury stuff already proved to be a problem. And he had one fucking match. He was in there for 10 minutes, and he got hurt. Off a simple move. This is not something dumb that he did. It was a simple fucking move. So what is stopping him from getting injured again when he comes back um, at the end of the year, in a couple months, whatever it might be? I mean, we just have to assess the reality of the situation here. I think he should come back, and they should use him as a top star. He obviously has to be a part-timer. If he's wrestling every week at house shows, he's fucked. He's going to get hurt again within a matter of weeks. But WWE probably knew what they were getting themselves into here by bringing him in. This shit happens. I'm not saying cut ties with him by any means. But if he suffers another major injury after this, it might be time to call it quits. I don't know. No, definitely. Um, I mean, not similar situation. It was like, I feel like this, like, you said, coming back, suspended out. It's like Ray Mysterio when I was a kid. Like, he'd always get this momentum, blow his knee out. Get yep, this momentum, yep, yep. blow his knee out. Like, he had, like... He blew his knee out like fucking like six, seven times when I was a kid. And was like, great to see him back, hurt again. Like he was constantly injured. Um, uh, Cody even said like, stop being a Cody Rhodes fan. I mean, not wrong. I mean, the last couple of years have been a fucking roller coaster. Um, even though he's over, like he just hasn't really won the big one. So um, definitely get that. Like he said, he's coming back, seemingly going to face Seth. He gets injured. Um, so definitely not ideal. I mean, like you said, he came back, got hurt on a simple move. Don't want him to say hang it up specifically, but you really gotta, you really gotta like bandy around it. Like he got, I'm pretty sure he got hurt in his last match against Joe, didn't he? Before he got suspended. Nah, I don't was think it? so. He got hurt in his last match against Moxley in 2022. Against Moxley, that's yeah. what it was. Okay, I mean, I just feel like, like you said he got hurt, broke his foot jumping in the crowd, like. He just is, at the, unfortunately, injury-prone at this point, so... He also just has terrible him, luck, too, yeah. Yeah, terrible luck, too, but, like, at this point, if you're going to bring him back, like, don't have him do anything. Just just, just get him in the ring. Just get him in the ring at WrestleMania. Maybe you won't get hurt. <laughs> Maybe you will, but, uh... Ugh, Jesus, that's crazy. Dude, like, but this is what I'm saying. Like, I say, oh, we can wait till next year. They may not even put him in the main event next year, because if they build around him and he gets hurt again, you know, I mean, at the same time, it is worth acknowledging... Well, one, he's 40-something. Um, you know, Joe's been hurt a lot. He's the AEW World Champion. He's killing it right now. I'm not saying... It's not an age thing. I'm not being ageist here. Don't do anything because he's older and he's injury-prone. No, I mean, Samoa Joe's injury-prone. Don't not put the belt on because of that. Orton's been injured a ton. Edge has been injured a ton. Rey Mysterio got injured a ton. Uh, and, and a lot of these people... I mean, you would know about that. A lot of these people went on to main event multiple WrestleManias, win multiple World Championships. Punk's in a different spot. I just... The, the thing with Punk is that these? it's not the fact that he suffered injuries in his career. It's three major ones in under two years. I mean, you can name any of the people I just mentioned. They never... I, I You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they ever got hurt as often as CM Punk has. And CM Punk has barely wrestled in the past two years because he spent the last two years, at least half of it, not in any company because he was suspended or fired. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just not... It's just not good. Um... So, yeah, man, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's tough, but uh, he will be back next year. Maybe you can hold off on him and Rollins until he comes back. The Drew thing is interesting. i got to mention this. Drew's just outstanding. He's been doing great heel work. His promo on Monday with Punk was great. Punk's out there crying. Drew's saying, I prayed for this. Man, that was just great. And then he's, like, tweeting about it. That was fucking funny. I really hope Drew resigns because that is the match to do when Punk comes back, hopefully for SummerSlam. I mean, how do you not do that match when Punk comes back? And they had that great exchange on Raw a couple of weeks ago that was really, really good as well. Yeah, I think at this point, like you said, I, if, for Seth, I, I, I would just, I think you just got to do him and Drew at WrestleMania. You think so? Um, okay. I think, I, I mean, I don't know who else you really do at this point. I mean, maybe Gunther, but I feel like it's kind of like crushing it because that's clearly not the plan. So I think Drew. Maybe just re-sign him, like I said, to him and Seth. Maybe he gets that title run that he hadn't gotten. Um, then he can do him and Punk when Punk gets back. But at this point, I would do him and Drew. I mean, I like Gunther a lot, but there's 
other circumstances. I don't even really know what you're going to do with, with I guess you, I don't really know what you're going to do with Gunther either, but I would do him and Drew at this point. I think it makes sense. Um, Drew's like killing it as like this like dastardly heel, and I would do it. Do you have Drew win at WrestleMania? I would. Is that the main event? Uh, no. What's the main event of Night uh, One? It would have to be probably Bailey and Io. Bailey and Io, not Becky. I mean, listen, Bailey. I think it'd be pretty shitty if the women go on last. I think it'd be pretty shitty if he was Becky and Rhea. If Becky didn't win the Rumble, I mean, I, that might be the bigger match on paper. No, but, that's definitely the bigger match. But I mean, Bailey won the Rumble. It's supposed I mean. to be the main event. Yeah. I mean, I know they like oh another main event. Like no, it's supposed to be the main event. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They should be the main event of the first night, and Roman and Cody should be the main event of the second night. I mean, we don't go off of, uh, you know, this isn't fair. Like, that's, we got to talk business here. I mean, it really fucking sucks for Rollins, because you know that match was headlining. And if he doesn't get the main event this year, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing for next year. Like, oh, you could do it next year. But, I mean, he's ready to go this year. It's not really his fault, but I don't know. I mean, I still say Rollins' main, main event, but if they go with Bailey and EO, I won't, you won't get any complaints out of May. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like... Like we said, like it's supposed to be for the main event. There's two nights. The women should get their. She Bailey should get her moment, and 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 Cody should get his. So I mean, it is what it is. And there's no doubt about yeah. Roman made it anything night too. That he's gotten. It's funny. Especially after Rhea didn't get her moment last year. That yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I guess they had the better match, but like the story. I mean, no, that the story didn't. No, was yeah. huge. Like yeah. it was literally the biggest thing going. So I get that to a point, but this year there's like Seth versus whoever he faces. The story's not gonna be bigger than. Bailey knew what they've been basically building for over a year, years yeah. at this point. Yeah, no, they they couldn't uh, they they couldn't have Rhea and uh, Charlotte going last. They had an amazing match last year, but that that match properly closed the show. This year it's tough. You really have an upward like you have three potential main event matches with whatever Rollins does, and then the two women's matches on night one. So they haven't had a women's main event. I want to say since 2021 with Bianca and Sasha. We've only had two. They did in 2019 and 2021. They didn't do it in 2022. Ronda and Charlotte was kind of going to go on last. And then the Stone Cold stuff happened, which was way better anyway. And then Charlotte and Rhea last year were upstaged by um, um, the tag team match, like you said. And I I mean, Charlotte's already main evented, so I don't really have a lot of sympathy. But I thought Charlotte and Rhea would definitely main event because they got, they got screwed, or at least Charlotte did the year before. And she didn't get the main event that year either. Uh, against the Royal Rumble winner. But that, that's, you know, she's not main evented this year. She won't even be part of the show. So with Rollins, I mean, with Drew, do you just have him win the chamber match? Is that how you set that up? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know where else you get there, but like I said, I like Gunther. I just, people are like, have him hold the title and beat Rollins at both. Yeah, don't do that. Um, what, with Gunther? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. So I'm thinking, that, that's what I'm saying. I think with Gunther, I would do that because, I mean, I was going to, I was thinking Rollins and Gunther anyway, like six months ago, before Punk even came back and he did and then you don't do the match. But and then because they were going to do Punk and Rollins, but you know then that would be under the premise that Gunther would have dropped the title by now. The only issue that I have with my idea is that if you do a title for title and Gunther wins, does he just relinquish the? I mean, I wanted to defend both, but I don't want him to defend or relinquish the IC title after two years. I mean, I think he should be beaten for it. Yeah, but if you're facing Gunther and he's both champions, why would you go after the Intercontinental if you go after the WWE Championship? I mean, they don't have to relinquish it from him. They don't have to have him take it away. No, but I'm just, you know, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, if he was a both champions, why would anyone challenge him for the Intercontinental Oh, oh, when, he's, when he has two titles. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So, I like, mean, why, if he had both championships and you're going to face him, why would you want to face him for the IC belt instead of the World Heavyweight? Well, I mean, you're, if, you, if you're challenging it, but if Nick or uh, Adam Pierce is making a four-way like we see every month, oh, this is a four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, it, it can be done, I think. It can be done. We saw it with Rollins briefly. He, I mean, all for a month. But he held two titles, and he had Cena challenge him for the U.S. title, and then Sting challenge him for the WWE title. I mean, you could do it. You could, but I don't know. It's tough. I feel like Drew, you should put a, I think it should be Drew, but... Hey, listen. Yeah, I wouldn't complain. The guy didn't get his moment in front of fans four years ago, full circle. That's under the premise that he resigns, though. I'm not sure if he resigned. Yeah, we don't know, yeah. Eh, I don't know. I mean, Gunther, but if he's not facing... You're, you're seeing Drew. In your opinion, then what does Gunther do instead? Because Brock's not going to be there. I have no idea. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I will I will say this before you can even shit on me for it. It will not be Chad Gable. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I don't really know who else there is. I mean, it's not... Jay, Jay would be great, but he's got to face his loser brother instead. It's not going to 
be. Yeah, it's not. I mean, unless he drops the boat before and you have Jimmy and Jay for the Intercontinental Championship, no one wants to say. Um, yeah, I don't. I honestly have no idea what else he do with you out there. I mean, he's already beaten Bronson Reed. Um, he's beat, that's the thing. He's the only person he hasn't beat on Raw is Jay Uso, technically. Yeah. Um, what about um? You know, Braun Breaker's going to SmackDown. Maybe Andrade. I pitched Andrade. Huh? Hey, maybe. Maybe, yeah. He signed with Raw? Maybe. No, I said this a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe Andrade. And then, what about, what'd you say? I said maybe. What about, um, who was the other person I was thinking of? Okay, well, we talked about this a week or two weeks ago. What if the Imperium New Day thing is leading to a Big E return? I don't think it is, but what if we got Big E and Gunther at WrestleMania? That'd be sick. Mm, I don't think it's happening, so I'm not going to invest in it. (laughs) Kid's not even entertaining the idea. I think I like Big E, but I don't know, like... Just to have him come back to, like, this, I don't know, I feel like that's, like, malpractice. Like, he just comes back after being off injury for how long, I don't know, it's been almost over a year, I think. At this Two point. years, yeah. But it's like, he just jumps the front of the line and then beats Gunther. No, I don't like that. All right, all right. All right, we'll see. Listen, anything can change in the la- in the next week, as anything has changed in the last two weeks, as we talked about previously. It seems like week to week we have more and more to discuss. We didn't even talk about Okada here today. I still think he's AEW bound. We have that big announcement, another big announcement from Tony Khan next week. I think that's Mercedes Monet related, but Okada's probably still ending up there. It could be both. I don't know. Um, they have a stack show on tap for next week. We'll get back to AEW next week here, but I do think Okada's out of there. So we'll talk more about that next week here on the show. New episodes every single Thursday WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Have a great one, Mr. Marcel. Catch your ass next week. See you later. Adios, brother. Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.